Welcome to Setting Captives Free podcast. Jesus said, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. But many people wonder, how can I be free from things I've struggled with all my life? Anger, impurity, anxiety, depression, fear, gluttony, and so on. Well, today, Eric Hurt and Mike Cleveland study a passage of Scripture that will help you enjoy the freedom that Jesus died to give you. Well, good morning again. My name is Eric Hurt, and I'm here with my good friend and partner in ministry, Mike Cleveland. Mike, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Eric. I'm so thankful to be with you. I just well, I kind of want to say at the start of this podcast that I just love the Lord so much because he first loved me, and I love you too, brother, and I'm just glad we can share together today. Amen. Yeah, I love you too, brother, and I am so grateful as well that uh, that the Lord loved us first, and he sought after us um, when we were even in our sin, brother, and it is just a, a wonderful um, Savior that we serve. And yes. so this morning, I thought we would look at uh, Genesis 3, uh, and then we would move um, from there and look at some passages in the New Testament. But uh, so with that said, um, we're going to be looking at Genesis 3, 7 through 9, and a couple other verses before we move ahead. So, um, you know, the background of this is we know the fall. Uh, this is uh, Adam and Eve. They fell. They uh, disobeyed the Lord. and um, we're going to pick it up from there after they had taken the fruit. Um, and the story picks up here in verse 7. And Mike, would you like to read that for us, brother? Sure. Then it was as if their eyes were opened. They realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made something to cover themselves. And here mm. we see, Eric, that they acknowledged their nakedness. They had no covering they were exposed to the wrath of God. They were under, they knew they were going to die because that's what God had promised. And so initially they set about to try and cover themselves. <laughs> and isn't this what we attempt to do as well, brother? Um, you know, this is uh, something that we try to, we try to cover, we try to hide. Uh, and it's nothing that we can do on our own. Uh, this isn't going to help them in any way by covering their nakedness. Um, you know, as you said, they, uh, the, the command was that, that death. And so, um, you know, and this is, this is what we do in our sin, our um, uh, trying to cover, trying to uh, do it ourselves. And so uh, we see in verse 8 here that uh, they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the gar garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. So we're covering ourselves. Uh, we, are, we are hiding. And boy, do I remember those times of hiding. There was many things that I had to hide, Mike. I didn't want anybody to see, especially God. And one person uh, that you cannot hide from as everything is exposed to him. But boy, did we try to hide and cover our own sin, didn't we, brother? Well, yes, we, we attempted to, to make sure that God could not get at us. Uh, <laughs> our consciences testified that we had sinned. Our, our very internal thoughts uh, were saying to us, you are wrong, you are guilty, you are deserving of punishment, 
God has wrath for you and you better do something to fix it. And so we see Adam and Eve here, you know, they're sewing fig leaves together first. And so, you know, that's what every single religion in the world is doing, Eric. Every religion, apart from the blood Jesus shed, the cross of Christ, is a religion of works where we attempt on our own to do something about our condition to cover ourselves so that we're not exposed to God's wrath, and then we're trying to hide from him. You see, sin is such that we uh, recognize that God is holy and we are sinful, and therefore we cannot stand to be in his presence. And we run from him and we try and cover ourselves and we try and hide. Yeah, we sure do. And this is uh, what we see in every man-made religion, as you said, and in the recovery groups. We're trying to do things uh, on our own. We're trying to to maybe fix things ourselves, and uh, we're knitting things together. We're trying to figure it out. We're white knuckling, and and um, you know, all the while we're we're running and and hiding ourselves and isolating ourselves and this this does nothing uh to relieve our sin <laughs> uh, this does nothing to uh take our sin from us um we we can't do it on our own mike although we've tried for so many years and there's so many uh that are trying and uh without success yeah it it we still have an internal voice <laughs> we still have a conscience i don't care if we're covered with um fig leaves or good works we still have a conscience saying to us what you did wrong does not make up for all the right you're trying to do um <laughs> and, and so the the next verse it says the man answered i heard you walk i'm sorry verse nine but the lord god called to the man and said where are you uh eric did did god not know where adam was <laughs> yeah, he knew exactly where he was, brother, and it's just the wonderful thing that um, God knew exactly what was going on here, and yet he, Mike, he came after us uh, in our own, uh, like you said, we knew. Uh, we knew that we were wrong. We knew that we were in sin. We knew we were in rebellion. Um, we hid our tracks. We tried to hide from God, um, and yet God comes after us, brother. Where are you? Come back. I love you. Um, you know, and so uh, this is just a tremendous question here. Where are you? I, I think, too, that, he, you know, he's wanting Adam to recognize where he is. Well, well, God, <laughs> here I am. I'm in the bushes, and I've got fig leaves all over me. Um, <laughs> You know, in, in other words, uh, here I am, God, 40 pounds overweight. Here I am, God, immersed in impurity. Uh, here I am, I'm uh, running from you. Um, to, to, in other words, to recognize where my sin has taken me. Uh, God's not wondering where Adam is. He knows full well, as mm -hmm. you said. But he's, he's getting Adam to take stock of his life and to acknowledge okay, my sin, you know, God, we used to walk together in this garden, and now mm. I'm hiding from you? What, yes. what happened? I used to have freedom of expression. I, I didn't, wasn't focused on being naked. I was just fellowshipping with you. And here I am 
with this voice telling me how wrong I am and what I've done and I'm hiding and I'm trying to cover myself. And, you know, so the question comes to our listeners today, you know, where are you? Hmm. Yeah. Amen, brother. That's a great question. And, you know, this is what sin uh, does. Uh, you know, we, we cover, we hide, uh, it makes us um, afraid of God as if he's, uh, you know, he's, he's coming after us, which in reality, in a real sense, God was coming after us, brother, for our sin and for our iniquities. And um, so we see in verse 10, he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Uh, I was afraid, you know, my sin was exposed and I, I was naked uh, and I hid myself. And so um, this is what sin does. Even though we have a conscience, like you said, we know we're doing wrong. Uh, it, makes us, it makes us afraid. It brings fear upon us. And, it, you know, we recognize that we're naked. Uh, we recognize that we're, uh, we are uh, deserving of wrath. And, and so we hide ourselves, and yet, you know, God came to, to judge them. God came to punish them. God came uh, to, um, uh, you know, to, uh, to ask them, what have you done? <laughs> I, I remember one time I had a, one of my six kids, my, my oldest daughter, when she was young, um, I had told her she can't have those cookies until dinner. And I walked around to the end of the couch, and there she was with Oreos all over her mouth and hands. And I said to her, hey, have you, have you eaten the cookies? And she, of course, said, no, mm, no, mm-mm. And you know, here, here's Adam and Eve, and they're hiding behind the end of the couch, right? They're in the bushes. Yeah. And, and, and Adam, I'm sorry, Adam. Eric, don't you notice here the self-centeredness that came upon Adam? Um, I, last week, as we talked with Joss, uh, she mentioned the self on the throne. And, and here we right. see Adam saying, I, 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 right? <laughs> I heard you walking. I was afraid. I was naked. I hid. I, 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 I. Sin turns us self-focused so that hmm. uh, all of our thoughts are consumed in I. Right. That's exactly what we see here with all these eyes. I heard you. I hid myself. I was naked. Um, yeah. All these eyes, like you said. And then, uh, you know, after I, 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 it was uh, the blame shifting. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, what, what have you done? Well, the, the woman that you gave me. Um, and, you know, and then down the line to the woman, uh, you know, the serpent deceived me and I ate. And you know, we just, we, we just, this is the same exact pattern uh, in the, in the lives of those trapped in sin. And, Eric, you know, it's, we, it's my wife's fault that I was involved yeah. in purity. It, it's my <laughs> body composition that makes me overweight. It's, and what are we really doing here? Um, Adam said it was that woman you gave me, God. Yeah. It's your fault. It's your fault, yeah. God. So we're blaming God for our situation, for the choices that we made. This is blame shifting, isn't it? Yeah, that's, that's right. Um, we do. We look for, it's like we're looking for a way out. Uh, and there, there really is no way out, Mike. It's, it falls upon us. 
uh, our own sin falls upon us. There's nothing that my wife has done that has caused me uh, to, to fall into impurity. Uh, but yet I blamed her exactly like Adam did his wife. Uh, and I blamed her for many, many years. And i just so grateful that she was gracious enough to stay with me, Mike. Uh, you know, <laughs> incredible. I praise God for your wife. Or Sylvia has loved you like Christ loved us and, and shared that Amen. love with you. And uh, that is, <laughs> she is to be commended, brother. Amen. Yeah. And, you know, we see uh, that sin immediately uh, separated them from the Lord and it, and it, and it put a wedge, it separated their marriage. It destroyed both uh, relationships um, immediately. Uh, the relationship is not going to be the same uh, between us and the Lord and between uh, my wife and I and others. And I experienced that very same thing. I was distant from God. I was distant from the one that I was united with uh, forever, my wife, living in the same home, Mike. Uh, there was uh, this separation, there was this distance, uh, and I was like Adam in my own home where I was hiding, mm. and I was covering, and, you know, those tracks, so to speak, and yet we weren't kept in this, uh, we weren't kept there forever, were we, brother? And God did something about it, didn't he, brother? Yeah, you know, what you just described there was a vertical problem and a horizontal problem. Uh, we have a an issue with God. You know, we soon we're going to see that Adam is banished from his presence. So there's a vertical problem. There's a horizontal problem. Um, people have problems with people when sin is in our hearts and lives. And so when you say God did something about it, there's a vertical solution and a horizontal solution. Uh, the cross is the solution vertically reconciles with God and horizontally reconciles us with people. And so the, the vertical and horizontal problem is all corrected at the cross. But I think I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> no, I don't think so, brother. Uh, we just pick it right back up there at uh, Genesis 3.15, if you'd like to read that. Okay, sure. I will make you and the woman enemies to each other. Now he's talking to the serpent here, Eric. Mm -hmm. I will make you and the woman enemies to each other. Your descendants and her descendants will be enemies. One of her descendants will crush your head. Praise the Lord. That's <laughs> Amen. Will crush your head <laughs> and you will bite his heel. And so what do we see here? Uh, that's amazing. What we see here is that we see that uh, there's going to be victory. There's going to be uh, one of her offspring is going to raise up and um, crush uh, the head or bruise the head of the serpent. And all that the, the offspring is going to uh, sustain is a, is a bruise to his heel. And so what a wonderful picture of what you were just describing, brother, the uh, the remedy for the uh, for the vertical and the horizontal uh, is the cross of, of Jesus Christ, where we're reunited with God, and we're reunited in love and uh, forgiveness uh, with our spouses and with others. So this is the vertical that you were just describing, brother. Yeah, and it's not anything we do, and that's really important because Adam and Eve had tried to do all they could to cover themselves, and God says no. This isn't what you need. What needs to happen is uh, one of your own descendants will 
crush the head of the serpent. The serpent hmm. came, brought all the problems, and now the serpent would be defeated. And actually, Eric, the original says that the woman's seed would right. defeat the serpent. And wait a minute, a woman has no seed. What kind of a <laughs> miraculous birth would this be? Uh, and, and well, that... <laughs> Oh, I was just going to say, I, I'm sorry, brother. I just got so excited. <laughs> wanted to jump in there. You know, this is uh, the virgin birth, isn't it? Yes, uh, because, indeed. As you said, the woman doesn't carry the seed. And so to have the seed planted, it would, that would mean somewhere uh, the seed would be planted in a woman and uh, there would be a, uh, a birth, a miraculous birth. And that birth foretold here uh, would be the one that would crush the serpent's head and restore them back to the Lord. Yeah, and you know, when it says that, uh, that this uh, serpent would bite the heel or put a wound in the flesh of this seed of the woman, what is that a reference to? Well, that's a reference to Jesus being uh, pierced and uh, crucified uh, on a cross. Uh, he would be... Uh, he would be uh, pierced and nailed to a tree. Um, he would be the curse for us, Mike. Uh, he's sustaining basically um, more than a bruise uh, in the sense that we would look at him and he would be um, brutalized on the cross and going through fake trials and a thorn of crown pressed upon his head and being mocked at and spit upon and slapped and but yet, the victory uh, that he had over the serpent, he actually crushed the serpent when it, with his own death, which is just such an unlikely uh, something that man would have never thought of or come up with. Yeah, you know, if you look at it too, I mean, here we're talking about he would be wounded in his flesh, his his hands, his feet, his forehead, mm -hmm. his back. Um, Eric, that's how he saved you. That's how he set you free, brother. But think about it. When Jesus rose from the dead and he came to his disciples, you know, what did he show them? He showed them uh, his wounds. And as if to say, the serpent is crushed. His, his head has been stomped on. I have won. I've overcome him. I've risen from the dead. I've not only died to destroy him, I've risen to conquer him. And so he's there, in essence, showing the trophies, uh, which yeah. are his wounds in his flesh. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. That just reminds me of Thomas, too. You know, the one who said, unless I see, unless I touch him, and you, I'll never believe. And it, this, is, this is us, too. We need to see those wounds. We need to see that he purchased us. We need to see that he uh, took our sin to the cross and it was finished there, Mike. Uh, we have nothing to bring. Uh, we just look there and see his wounds that he purchased for us. And we love to do that. We love to look at those wounds. And it brings about the same exact worship in our heart that it did with Thomas. Uh, when he fell down and worshiped and said, my Lord and my God. And Jesus said, you believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who have not seen me and yet believe. And so this is our hope, friend. If you are trapped, if you have been hiding, if you have been covering your sin uh, and recognize that it's futility, uh, 
It does nothing. God sees it all. Uh, if you have been self-focused, I, 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 my wife or someone else has done this to me, or in my past even, uh, the Lord has taken care of all of these sins, all of uh, your struggles, no matter what it is, and it's been finished right there at the cross. Mike, and as we go down to verse 21, we see more of this. We see that uh, verse 21 says, And the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skin and clothed them. What's that all about, Mike? Well, was there any other human alive at this time? I mean, they were <laughs> the only two. So where did God get these skins well, it's clear, if you read the rest of the Bible, it's clear that he put to death an animal in their place. Now, Eric, think about this, brother, because there they were guilty. There they had condemnation hanging over their heads. They're hiding. They're scared. They're self-focused. And here comes God not to kill them, but to clothe them. I mean, Think about it, brother. God put this animal to death, and with bloody hands, he draws mm. his children to them. He's not pushing them away. He's drawing them, he's drawing them to him, and with bloody hands, he's putting these garments on them. And so now he looks at them, and all he sees is the sacrifice. He remembers mm. that he had already poured out his wrath on a substitute. And so he doesn't need to kill them because something else had already died. Hmm. Amen. Yes, and they, and, and, and they would have seen this. Uh, they would have understood this. Uh, they would have made the connection with this and the offspring thinking, wait a minute, this isn't the offspring. Uh, is, is this the manner in which the offspring is going to die? Uh, to be slaughtered like this, uh, for me, th that I walk by and I see this uh, sacrifice laid on the ground, opened for me, is this, this is how it's going to be in the future? Uh, you know, I just, did they make that connection, Mike? Did they see, uh, was he able to see a glimpse of, of, of the one who was going to come, uh, the one who was going to be sacrificed uh, as an offering on the cross and you know the one whose hands were bloody uh, the ones who whose hands were stretched out for us uh, the one who took off the the fig leaves that were knitted together by themselves god removed those and clothed them with the sacrifice with the skin of the sacrifice with the blood of the sacrifice and that is just remarkable to think about. It's, it's beautiful and terrible. Mm. I have never thought about it that way, Eric. That was new to me. I love that mm. thought that did they think of their descendant to come as they saw the blood, as they experienced the clothing? Did it point forward in their minds? I had never thought of that. That's beautiful. Mm. You know, in 2 Samuel 14, verse 14, a statement is made that is wonderful. It says, God plans ways that those who have been sent away will not have to stay away from him. Hmm. Um, and here we see that before Adam ever sinned, God had planned a way that Adam would not have to stay banished, would not have to be estranged from him. That hmm. way is the way of the cross. 
as illustrated mm. in this animal who died as pointed forward to the cross of Jesus Christ. The cross was where God, you, you almost get the thought from this 2 Samuel 14 passage that God stayed awake late at night <laughs> thinking of ways whereby his banished people <laughs> would not have to be estranged from him. Well, of course, that's not true. He's, but the reality is, Eric, God devised a way so powerful, so hmm. precious. Uh, and that way is through banishing his own son hmm. so that we would not have to be banished. If you think about it, before you and I were ever involved in pornography, were, before we were ever involved in any form of impurity, gluttony, gr greed, anything, God had already devised the way of the cross. He had already planned our rescue before we ever got involved in that. God loves us, Eric. He loves yeah. us unto death and back. Amen. And that is what is so astonishing, too, to think of the love of God, uh, that it was the plan before the foundation of the world for him to come, for him to send his son uh, when he knew. Uh, you know, he knows the beginning from the end. And he, he, he knew, you're right, brother, before we were ever enslaved to any sin, before we ever knew any sin, he, he had ready. Uh, made ready this plan, and, and and we see it all throughout the scriptures. And so, real quick, I would like to for us to turn to Ephesians two and pick it pick it up there, Mike, in uh, verses one and two. Okay. And, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, brother. Okay. In the past, in the past, you were spiritually dead because of your sins and the things you did against God. Isn't that the way Adam was? Uh, he was yes. physically alive, but God said, the day you eat of this fruit, you will die. So there was a death. It was a spiritual death, which is being separated from God, which is the way that we're all born, Eric. We're born spiritually dead because we have a sin nature within us, right? Mm, right. Absolutely right. And, um, you know, this is the way that we used to, this is the way we used to walk. Uh, it was part of our lives. It was, uh, you know, in verse two, it says, in which you walked uh, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, uh, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. Um, uh, verse three says, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. Uh, just like we see uh, in the garden, they were deceived uh, by the prince of the power of the air, and they became sons of disobedience. And we all lived, Mike, we all lived among the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body, and we were objects of God's wrath, like the rest of mankind. And God was coming after us, brother, but that wasn't, uh, you know, but like we said, he, he provided the way out before the foundation of the world because he loves us so much. And it is just really difficult to sometimes to wrap your thinking around that, isn't it? Well, it is. This passage tells us that we were, you know, I was dead. I was deceived. I was disobedient. I was devilish. I was following the devil, you know, mm -hmm. and, and then I a child of disobedience and, depraved, right? Just following the mm. lusts of my flesh. All these things are, are true of me. But Eric, verse 4, 
God's mercy is great, and he loved us very much. Though we were spiritually dead because of the things we did against God, he gave us new life with Christ. You've been saved by God's grace. Um, You know, this is what happened to Adam in the garden. God came, you know, as far as Adam knew, to punish him. But look what he did. He punished something else in Adam's place. Why? Because God loved Adam so much. He couldn't bear the thought of his children perishing forever, and so he sent his own son to perish. Hmm. Eric, it's just too much to take in, brother. It is, and it, it, this is just the display of the grace and the gift and the love of God when we have trespassed so much, when the whole world uh, has, uh, was under the wrath the whole world was by nature ready for wrath. It was something that we deserved, Mike. We disobeyed mm-hmm. the Lord, and we deserved this uh, when we were dead and our trespasses and walking in our own uh, our own fleshly desires and passions. And yet, God sent His Son to not only die a criminal's death for us to bleed. Uh, blood for us in our place, but then in verse 6, and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Brother, this is just remarkable that we, we were the object of wrath, but Jesus stepped in our place, and he became the object of wrath. He was pummeled on the cross, he was buried in a tomb, and then he raised, and so that we can raise up with him. Uh, incredible. Now we're seated with him in the heavenly places. Our identity is with him. Mike, no longer dead in sin, but alive in Christ. It's, eh, what a life change, brother. You know, we, we deserve to be pushed down into hell, and he raised us up with Christ into heaven. We deserved the wrath of God. He diverted that wrath to his own son. Um, we deserve to suffer, but Jesus suffered. Uh, and, and now our consciences have been cleansed. And brother, I wish we could take time. I know we don't have time to do it. I wish right. we could just read through Hebrews 10 because it talks about the cleansing of our conscience. And that's what's needed to walk our freedom out. Uh, and Amen. now we no longer have that voice saying, you did wrong, you should pay. You, we don't have Amen. the condemnation anymore um, saying to us what we've done. What we have is this message from God, I love you, son. Hmm. Daughter, you are mine. I've chosen you. I've suffered for you. I've died for you. I've risen for you. I've, I've, I've now rescued you. I've taken you to heaven to be with me. Uh, Amen. Praise the Lord. <laughs> now, unfortunately, as we bring this uh, podcast uh, to a close, I just want to speak to those that are listening that uh, that in Jesus Christ, your conscience is cleansed. Your sin has been removed. We hope you've seen that clearly in Genesis 3, that God was coming after Adam and Eve. God was coming after us. He provided the way out. He, he said that the offspring... Uh, the seed born of the woman was coming. He provided an animal sacrifice and then removed their fig leaves and clothed them with the sacrifice that he provided with blood, with 
covering. And, and then we see here in the New Testament in Ephesians 2 that you were dead but made alive. Uh, you were walking in darkness, now you're walking in light with Jesus Christ. You, you've died with Christ. You've, you've buried in a tomb with Christ and you've raised with Christ and been seated in the heavenly realms. All the grace and the love of God poured out for you, for you, the listener, and for us. So, Mike, would you uh, like to uh, share a, a couple closing words and then prayer, brother? Sure. Don't look at your sin. Look at your Savior. Uh, don't hide from God. He will come to you in grace. Eric, did you notice he came in the cool of the day? Mm-hmm. He didn't come yes. in the heat. He didn't come in wrath and in passion. He came in the cool of the day to find those who had run from him and who were hiding. And so, listener, oh, please turn your eyes away from your sin and look at God's Son specifically as he suffered in your place. I just want to pray right now for you. And Father in heaven, we come into your presence because you have destroyed the barrier that kept us out. Lord, our sin and your law kept us out. But when Jesus died on the cross, he ground your law to powder and he removed our sin from us, taking it upon himself. Lord, there's someone listening to us right now who isn't sure, who doesn't know about the cross, who doesn't walk in freedom, and they're bound up, and they're trying to cover themselves. Lord, would you turn their eyes just now to the cross? Lord, help them to see that you came not only to remove their sin, but to clothe them in your righteousness. And so Isaiah 61.10 says, I rejoice in the clothing of salvation. Lord, you've put that clothing of righteousness onto this listener right now. Help them to receive it, to rejoice in it, and to walk in it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This has been a podcast of Setting Captives Free. For more information or to enroll in free interactive courses on finding freedom, please go to settingcaptivesfree.com. Tune in next time for more truth that sets captives free.